Welcome to Under the Blanket with your host, Baba Here Love. And this is it. This is the here and now. And this is another episode where we're under Miraji's blanket, uh, awakening to the cosmic consciousness. Now, today is a special episode about extraterrestrials, UFOs, and we'll see where it goes. I want to start with two UFO stories. One, which I, I've told many of these stories on other episodes, but one, um, I was having a fight with my ex, and you know, I was at I uh, I had experiences with extraterrestrials, UFOs, and all that, and I wanted to know if they cared about my relationship life. It may sound silly to you, but I was like, well, do they care about my personal life? Will they help me with my relationships and all that kind of stuff? And I was having a bad time with her. So I, I, I called out to the extraterrestrials. I was like, give me a sign. Show up uh, if you uh, you know want to help with that situation instead of just like the grand scheme of things. And I was sitting out in her backyard, and uh, she was there with me. And all of a sudden, this brilliant uh, UFO like orb showed up, like in your videos. Uh, I have Robert as a guest, and he has videos. And it's like, it shows up and it does like a, a, a circle, a half a circle, slowly. Wow. And then it shoots off like like the blink of an eye speed into the distance. And by that time, my ex, Elise, had turned and she saw it flying off the distance. And I felt that was the answer to my question. I was like, whoa, I did not expect that to happen. And then another UFO incident relating with relationships. I had, I was uh, just had my first date with this girl I was seeing after my ex, and uh, we were in her car, and I gave her a kiss. As we kissed, uh, like I think like UFOs can send like little probes, and a probe showed up in the back of her car that was this brilliant white light and a flash, right as we kissed. And she was like, did you see that? What was that? And I said, I don't know. Later, I meditated on it and asked my guru, and it was I figured it was a probe from an extraterrestrial that, you know, and it was funny because the connection I had with this woman ha- was related to the time I got abducted and had that experience I told about on the show before where I met the extraterrestrials, the tall whites or whatever they're called, and found out about their mission of peace and the guardianship of the earth and how we will relieve a collective consciousness and awakening, a mass awakening of some sort. So I have with me Robert of the Order of Light, a Facebook group and an organization, and he's got YouTube videos and he has uh, UFO experiences and all kinds of, uh, you know, information about that. And he's the real deal, folks. So, Robert, take it away. Hey, how's it going? I'm here, and it's now. So one thing I want to point out before I talk about my videos is within my videos, a lot of times you will see a second camera going, and that's actually my girlfriend, Amy Peterson. And a lot of times, just as you went through it, when I'm with her, we see these things together constantly. I actually see them more when my girlfriend is with me. And just recently, we posted uh, two days ago a new video where she's recording and I'm recording this orb of light, and it's flying. You actually see an airplane fly across it. We are using the Heavens Above app 
which tells you about the ISS satellite, SpaceX satellites, and other satellites. And we checked, and it was not a satellite. And we recorded this on two different cameras. And we have other videos recording the same thing. And I just find it really interesting that you were with her when these experiences were happening, almost like a sign to help us connect, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, me and my ex, Elise, have had, uh, you know, let's see, one, two, three UFO experiences. And yeah. they were incredible. And then I had that two experiences with a new girlfriend. You know, I'm seeing someone now. Maybe we'll have an experience with this new one. I haven't yep. met her yet, but, you know, anyway, so I just think, you know, it is all connected. The The microcosm of, say, a relationship between one man and one woman or whoever is it's love. Uh, interconnected with the ma- ma- macrocosm of it all. And, you know, it's all it, the small stuff matters. It really does. Yeah, it's about love and the Merkaba, our inner light, almost like we're helping these things to come into existence or even possibly projecting them sometimes. It's the inner love, you know, spreading love. It's the universal love, these lights flying around, you know. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah, there's so many. It's such a mysterious uh, thing, you know. We talked about this the last episode I had you on, like what are the nature of these extraterrestrials and what are the differences between interdimensional beings and extraterrestrials and astral beings, you know. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to, you know, like understand that, you know, all these different levels and all these different beings, you know. Ultimately, it's hard to, for a lot of people to fathom, but it is our mind that labels things good or bad. Yeah. Judges them and puts them in categories because, you know, it all is what it is. It all is, you know, one consciousness manifesting in diversity. And, you know, we have to honor that level where there is good and bad. But ultimately, it is just an illusion because it is all one. And, uh, but, you know, it's important to understand, I think, that some of these astral beings, uh, which can be just as vivid as experiences as extraterrestrials, are demonic and do not have good intentions and can take your energy or mess with your life. But I just differentiate, in my view, between them and the extraterrestrials, which are advanced consciousness and uh, are from uh, evolved from other planets and so on. And I feel they have the best intentions for our species. Absolutely. And you took the words out of my mouth. It's all one. It's all connected for better or for worse. And unfortunately, there are what we would call negative things out there. But there's also so much good. I believe there's more what we call good out there. You know, universal oneness and light exists throughout the universe than there is one or the other but you kind of need both you know it's plurality that's what it's yeah exactly you need bad to have good you need down to have up you need happiness to have sadness sadness to have it's like all those things uh from my perspective we all started as pure light and god and all that and we had to experience the opposite we had to experience all these dual uh dualities to 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 go really get into that to forget who we really are in order to come back and remember who we are and truly get on with it, you know? Yep, exactly. Remembering who we are. Everything is already in our DNA. 
all the codes are mapped out. We just need to listen to our self and try to connect with everything around us. And then it becomes crystal clear. That's what it's all about, man. All right. So I watched your, your second video about the Creek incident. And uh, I like what you said about the men in black. So tell me your perspective, what you, you oh, know, think yeah. about them and all that. So what yep. are the men in black? So uh, first of all, my YouTube channel, Robert Earl White, Order of Light. And the documentary is part two of the Lower Alloways Creek incident, UFO crash that happened when I was four years old. And in part two, I talked about the men in black. So originally what happened when uh, my mother made the call to the authorities saying that an aircraft crashed, uh, the police came, you know, relatively quick, about 10 minutes. And after the police took her statement and left, 25 minutes afterwards, the men in black showed up, two of them, with a man from the Air Force. And the man from the Air Force uh, hypnotized my mother. And the men in black uh, told my mother she could ask a couple questions. So to make it relatively quick, my mother asked the men in black, you know, are they dangerous? The men in black said, if they were dangerous, do you think we would still be here? The second question my mom had for the men in black was, uh, why don't people know about these things? The men in black said, within the next 10 years, keep in mind this was 1991, they said within the next 10 years, which would have been 2001, the next 10 years, there will be preconditioning. You will see signs of these things in movies, music, books, and all sorts of media. And the third question my mom had after being hypnotized and reliving all of her abduction counters with these extraterrestrial beings, up to this point, she didn't really remember anything other than having strange dreams. So with this being in mind and realizing that beings are actually taking her out of her house – she asked the men in black because at the time my mother took care of my elderly grandfather and took care of me. And I was three and a half years old at the time. And my mom asked the men in black, when these things take me, what would happen if something bad happened to my child or my elderly grandfather? Who would protect them? And the men in black said they would have you back and they snapped their finger, and they explained to her that they used greys, little worker beings, and the greys stay behind. So if anything was to happen to me or my grandfather, they would have her back very, very fast. And the men in black actually, like, snapped his fingers when he did it. And um, there's more to the story, but after that, they told my mother that, hey, tomorrow, media sources are going to come here, papers, uh, UFO investigators and you will say it's a helicopter and if you don't we'll take away your son and my mom said okay and they left and that was that we never saw them again never heard of them nothing and that was it well it's interesting you bring up dangerous because you know from my perspective human beings are the dangerous ones we <laughs> invented nuclear weapons look at World War II look at the Vietnam War look at you know, all these uh, capitalism and pollution and climate change. I mean, um, human beings are almost could be considered like a virus. But, you know, I don't see it that way because we have the potential of oneness and to realize our cosmic consciousness. 
And it's interesting, though, because, you know, there is a, you know, if someone out there is listening wants to research something, research uh, the nuclear weapons sites uh, UFO encounters. And there's one in particular where at this, UFO, at this nuclear base, all these uh, military people saw these, you know, like Robert and I saw UFOs in the sky. They were, you know, these, these were, one was purple. They were glowing. They were flying around. And uh, they called up their commander, and their commander thought they were going crazy. And it, but at the same time, the nuclear weapons shut off. And then when the UFOs left, they, they shut back on. So oh, yeah. the UFO, the nuclear weapons shut off. And when they left, they sh- went on. The, U- the military admits to all this, but they say it's a coincidence. And they also say just these men were hallucinating. So that's the official story. But these men have come forward in public in the, uh, you know, disclosure uh, conference, I believe, in the 2000s. So, you know, it's, that's a rabbit hole to go down to on the Internet. It's a lot of disinformation out there. But if you could differentiate between the real stuff and the good stuff, you'll, you'll, it's an interesting thing. And that, that applies to, like I said before, my abduction experience, where these extraterrestrials told me they're guardians of our planet, that they protect us from destroying ourselves. Like, yeah. who knows how many times, you know, someone pushed the button in the military for nuclear release and they stopped it. Who knows yep. when, you know, when there was a mistake made and there could have been a nuclear war, but they prevented it. Their exactly. Goal, from my perspective is to prevent a mass extinction event so we can reach our evolutionary turning point. Absolutely. You are absolutely correct. After... Uh, releasing part two, I had uh, a member of MUFON uh, get a hold of me, and his name is uh, Joe Foster, and he contacted me, and he put me in contact with uh, George A. Filler, which is a retired Air Force intelligence major, and he operates the east coast of MUFON and um, the National UFO uh, Center. And uh, Joe actually worked on the case at the famous Nike Center uh, in northern New Jersey, where we have nuclear warheads. And there was a situation just like this. And after talking to me, they believe that my case has everything to do with this because it was near a nuclear power plant. Um, They are absolutely preventing things from happening. And what happened at the Nike site in northern New Jersey was one of these things were engaged and it was disengaged, just like what you were saying. They are protectors. And the reason they're doing this, the same thing you said, is to protect what they have invested. We have their DNA. We are their science project. If they lose us, they lose a part of them. Because everything is one. And when we hurt as above, so below, the same idea. And that's what's going on. And I've been in contact. Uh, Also, George A. Filler, he worked on the case where the extraterrestrial was shot at Fort Dix in New Jersey. And then hopped the fence and uh, fell dead at McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey. So there's a lot of things happen in our state here and a lot of it has to do with military or nuclear or something powerful. New Jersey surrounded by water. And I think this uh, magnifies activity for sure. Wow, yeah. I wonder if we could change the subject a little bit to Edgar Mitchell. Now, Edgar Mitchell, 
was an astronaut that was into cosmic consciousness and oneness. In fact, when he was out in space, he had an experience of oneness. And he did telepathic experiments from the moon. Now, you think, like, you know, all these things are real. Wouldn't the astronauts, you know, have seen something? And some have, some stories have come out about them seeing this, that. But it seems like they're holding back. They have much more information. NASA has all kinds of information. From my perspective, they have all kinds of information about this. Now, that's what the extraterrestrials told me, that there were certain people in high level of the military that are aware of all this stuff yeah that are aware of them and it's interesting edgar mitchell started becoming involved in the ufo community now he wouldn't say much about his personal experience but he would often say point blank with a serious tone we are not alone like i feel that was what he was permitted to say he was permitted to say we are not alone but he was not permitted to say to say his personal experience he had to skate around it Right. Absolutely. Maybe his life was in danger. Maybe he was threatened, you know? And he couldn't interfere. Uh, see, like, the whole point is people have to come to this kind of on their own. Uh, so he wanted – he didn't want to mislead people, but there's only so much he could say. Buzz Aldrin is very open about this. Um, he talks about it quite a bit, but he understands there's a process because even if he told people the truth, their minds aren't – open to receive unlimited power you know it's not going to work out you know they'll just think he's crazy there's a time and place and these guys if you talk to them they'll open up to you but they really want people to find out for themselves you know yeah that's a good point i i feel it is about cosmic timing um you know it all is a fate or destiny and it all has like you know, a grand scheme of things is what I call it sometimes. And, you know, everything has its place in the karmic flowing of, you know, I look at it as, and Be Here Now, which is the book I'm into, uh, my guru's book, uh, the hippie Bible is called sometimes. It says everything is a fully determined process. You know, like it's just like dominoes falling. Thus, yeah. you can't have a domino fall before it's that time. It has to be, there is a sense of, readiness so people say why doesn't happen now why is there still suffering why is the world the way it is perhaps an answer for that to learn answer cannot be put into words is readiness you know yes. people's consciousness have to be ready for these new stages mm-hmm. it's to learn it's it's to grow sometimes growing's uncomfortable and for us to evolve to this this is what it comes down to doing exactly what you said and hopefully we'll get to that point and there is definitely a divine timing for everything and like the dominoes beautiful illustration if one domino falls before the other ones reach it the chain effect stops all together everything happens for a reason you know and once you understand this you know your guru is absolutely correct and that's definitely someone that was connected to the universal consciousness you know because anyone that is understands these concepts you know it's amazing and a lot of the videos i get and i've recorded a lot of phenomenal things on the youtube channel uh, Robert Earl White, Order of Light. Make sure you guys go check it out. On there, I have a recording of a moon rainbow, a rainbow shooting from the moon to the ground right in front of me. 
I have a lot of orbs and UFO footage on there, all authentic, trying to keep it real. I've been working with experimental videos where I put an illustration together to just get people talking about the idea of humans having the technology to travel the cosmos and human beings living on other planets now simultaneously, you know, and just getting people to try to think outside of this box to understand that we are extraterrestrials, you know? Well, well, it is interesting. Even in the spiritual community, this topic can be taboo because Ram Dass, my teacher who wrote Be Here Now, who was like a disciple, I guess you could say, a devotee of my guru, like his, it was like his, and my guru didn't speak English, so it's kind of like he found this guy that spoke English very well to speak to the West for him as part of his mouthpiece. And Ram Dass, you know, talked about, you know, being here now and all these states of consciousness and meditation and so on and psychedelics. But he never touched the issue of extraterrestrials except one talk I heard him, like, briefly mention it. But he sort of moved away from it like he didn't want to talk about it. I was curious about why that was. I did get to Skype with him twice for an hour each time. On the second time... Uh, I Skyped with him. I had written him a letter about extraterrestrials, and I asked him point blank, like, what do you think of that? And he just looked at me like he just be- he believed it. It was just like no really? no question in his mind about that. The issue is it wasn't his role to talk about that subject. It was his role to talk about things that people perceive as more down to earth. If he started talking about what he thought about UFOs and extraterrestrials, maybe people would miss the me- the simple message of just being here right now, you know? Exactly. So he, had, he was in his role to talk about that, you know? And you're absolutely right. And, you know, what he was doing was more important. He was building the foundation for people like you and I. If he didn't start with people understanding the basic concepts and try to throw in higher ones, people would have completely missed out on the heart of the message, which is here now in love. That's what it's all about. That's why in my videos, I'm not saying everything, and I'm doing it on purpose. I'm just trying to start with the foundation. In order to teach people true wisdom and enlightenment, you need to start from the bottom. You can't just tell people, just go meditate. You know, it don't work like that. You got to explain to them why, you know, and so many people are so eager to drop knowledge and try to blow people's minds and they don't take the first step on to telling them the fundamental roots. And that's why people like him really paved the way, you know, it's that consciousness. Yeah, um, I want to get into how I got into this subject. Um, I started learning about UFOs and extraterrestrials in high school. I became interested in the subject and I read, you know, books and I, you know, I was open to it. I, I wouldn't say it wasn't true or it was true. I was just like, maybe. And then I had in college and then I had my spiritual awakening, but I didn't have any extraterrestrial experiences yet. And then I was um, driving in, a, in, in South Jersey down a road half a disc shows up in the distance in the sky with like different balls of light like like headlights like a lot of headlights on a half disc shape and it showed up for about a half a second but time it also slowed down so i saw it clearly and then it zoomed through the whole 
uh, course of the sky, leaving a streak. And I was in shock. I really was in shock about it. And then as I reflected on it, I understood it was extraterrestrial. And that was my first UFO experience. And after that, I just knew that, you know, we weren't alone. It took me more time to understand the nature of the extraterrestrials as benevolent and peaceful and all that. And to understand all the different levels and interdimensional beings and astral beings and all that. But, you know, this stuff is very mysterious. This stuff is very complex and i think it's important for the listeners to remember it's you don't have to know it's okay to let it be a mystery it's okay to make love to the mystery i what's more important is just to be here right now like Mm -hmm. a tree just growing we don't have to figure everything out doesn't mean we push all this stuff away it doesn't mean we don't try to understand things roll with it you don't have to get caught in i know this and i know that and this is wrong and this is right you know Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's it's amazing, you know, and keep in mind, this UFO crashed in my backyard when I was three and a half. I was almost four years old. It wasn't until I was 24 years old, 25 years old, that I had my experience and everything finally made sense. I suppressed this knowledge so hard and living in a society that said these things weren't real and being brought up in a small town, you know, it, it was just holding me back. And then I later uh, I became a pastor and you would never dare talk about these things in a church setting. So it took me many years. And now I'm almost 33 years old and I started the Order of Light, you know, when I was 32. It took me all this time to finally be ready, you know, but the whole time I was there, I was now, and through living in each moment, each present moment helped make me who I am today, and now because of being in here now, I got to experience everything the universe had to offer, which helped prepare me for what I'm doing now with the order of light, and we're trying to help a lot of people, and we're producing a lot of content that is enlightened and that's what we're trying to do man okay so we've reached the end of the episode but before we go i want to tell a little story that you know the movie et um is a famous movie by steven spielberg a great movie i highly recommend it it paints extraterrestrials in a positive light which i like yeah it's a kid's movie but it's also has adult themes you know and uh uh, it was screened for Reagan with a bunch of military people. And he was there watching it. It was Steven Spielberg, some Hollywood elite, some, you know, Washington elite, some military people. And after it was done, Reagan stood up and said, seriously, um, you know, there's people in this room that know that movie is true. And, like, there was, like, nervous laughter. <laughs> and Steven Spielberg later confirmed that story, but he said that Reagan was probably joking. So anyway, that's some food for thought. Anyway, y'all, this has been Baba Here Love and the show Under the Blanket. I have Robert with me from the Order of Light. Thank you for joining us. Remember, be here now.